Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, we are going through the New Testament in a year, and we are in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 11 to be exact. And we've said that the Corinthians are kind of like those from the San Francisco Bay Area, maybe Toronto, maybe Mississippi, maybe even Washington, D.C., New York City. Everybody's there. The athletes are there. The intellectuals are there. The rich, the poor, the idolatrous, the immoral, they're all there. And there's a church. People who come to Christ, have come to Christ out of all of those backgrounds, and they're all together in the room. And boy, you think they have problems? They got problems. The Apostle Paul started the church, and these guys are having issues. So they wrote to Paul and asked him some questions, and that seems to be what's going on in this letter, is he's answering the questions that they had written to him and asked about. So uh, we get to chapter 11, and we're actually going to completely skip verses 1 through 16 and not even bother with it. Well, why wouldn't we bother with it? It's there. Well, some of these issues are just here. They're no place else in Scripture. And I don't think anybody has anything to say about these passages. It's here that he talks about these traditions, you know, of having your head shaved and a woman praying with her head prophesied and a man covering his head and not covering his head and that, and that this is for the angels and... If you read a hundred commentaries, you'll get a hundred different opinions about what's going on here. There are probably some good principles here, but for the most part, you can read it and make out what you want to make out of it. But I prefer to just move on saying we really don't understand what he's talking about. There's um, no place in the book of Acts where these things are brought up. There's no place in the Gospels where these are alluded to. There's not even really any Old Testament references that would clarify this for us or anything else in the New Testament. So all of these things about angels and women's heads covered because of angels and I don't know. So um, you can do with, with it what you want to. But we're going to move into the portion where um, Paul is going to talk about them having the Lord's Supper together. This is where they would celebrate, reenact, remember the Lord's death. The last supper he had with his disciples when he broke bread with them and where he drank the cup with them and passed it around. And this was a tradition that the early church continued in remembering Jesus through the breaking of the bread and through the taking of the cup. And so we're going to read about that. If you've been to a church, you've probably seen them do this and different churches do it different ways. But most churches will do it. 11.17. In the following directives, I'm going to tell them what to do. I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. Wow. Church meetings? You think that's possible that a bunch of church people together can do more harm than good? I think so. I think so. In the first place, he said, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. Well, he already talked about the divisions. They were following different leaders. He said, no doubt there have to be differences among you so that we can show which has God's approval. So then when you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper that you eat. Because when you come together to eat the Lord's Supper, everybody's coming together. The rich, the poor, the blind, the lame, the educated, the uneducated, the criminals, the correctional officers, the philosophers, the intellectuals, the people that never went to school at all. Everybody's all together and we're coming together as one. 
And there aren't supposed to be divisions. We've all come in the same way through Christ, and we're supposed to be celebrating Christ and enjoying each other. He says, so for when you're eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. So uh, if you've been to a church where they've done this, they usually do it with a little wafer, a little piece of bread. Maybe sometimes they'll break a loaf of bread. Uh, maybe have a cup, maybe. Um, but when Jesus did it, it was a full-blown meal with a couple of cups that were shared. Well, some people were coming and bringing their own food, and it was sort of maybe like a potluck that they would have, where everybody would bring food, and some people were bringing food, and they're just sort of keeping it to themselves, sitting at their table, you know, just sitting there and, you know, not, not letting anybody else come in. And he said, so uh, some of you bring in your own private suppers, and as a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. So these guys were getting sloshed at the uh, church potluck. And he said, don't you have homes you can eat and drink with? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. You know, so everybody's supposed to bring something, throw it all in a pot, see what happens, have a great time, love one another. But they're all divided and they're all taking advantage of each other and they're all breaking into their little cliques and their little circles. And who wants to go to a church like that? He said, for I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So I, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. This is why churches do this thing. And they do it in various forms. But they do it because Jesus said, do it and remember him. Remember what he's done for us. It's good to do it and remember the gospel. What's the gospel? That Jesus came and died for us. That he shed his blood for us. That he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it. Um, do it in remembrance of me. So do this and do it as a remembrance to Jesus. And then he said, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So it's an act of prophecy. We're saying that the Lord not only came for us and died for us, died on the cross, rose again, shed his blood for us so that we could be forgiven of our sins and have, uh, be reconciled to the Father, but he's coming again. He'll come back for us. And so every time we do that, we need to talk about Jesus coming back. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Uh, because Jesus died for everybody. And so when you discriminate like that and when you keep people out and when you hurt people, um, you're sinning against the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the, uh, the bread and drink of the cup. So we should take a moment and think about, you know, what is it we're doing and why is it that we're doing this? And how do we feel about the people around us? You know, there's some communities that are sort of like Amish communities, uh, Bruderhof communities, uh, where they sort of live together in their own sort of cloistered communities. And in some of these groups, if one family has something against another family or one individual has something against another individual, when they come together for the Lord's Supper, they won't do it. They won't do it because one person is divided uh, against another one. So no communion until everybody's united. I love that. I think it's wonderful. You know, let's just forgive people and, and uh, take care of each other and recognize each other and honor each other. So you ought to examine yourself. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. I don't want judgment. That's why many of you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. You know, because you're, you're not living up to the Lord's standards. You're not living up to love. You're not, you're not representing Jesus. And I think Jesus is taking some people out because 
you know, he's looking for love. In the book of Revelation, if he doesn't find love, he's going to leave. But if we're more discerning with regard to ourselves, then we wouldn't come under judgment. Let's judge ourselves, not others. Nevertheless, when we're judged in this way by the Lord, we're being disciplined so that we won't finally be condemned with the world. Let's get this stuff out of us. You know, if we can't get along with the body of Christ, who can we get along with? We're already defeated. We're already done. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who's hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it won't result in judgment. You know, if you're going just, you know, just eat at home and just go there and have whatever, you know, just have some cake or whatever. And when I come, I'll give you further directions. Wow, nice. Um, let's be peaceful. Let's get along with each other. Lord Jesus, please help us get along with each other. Lord, help us to examine our own hearts right now. Who is it, Lord? It says in the Psalms, search me and know me. Uh, try me and see if there's any wicked way in me. And so, Lord, um, we allow you to come in to search us and see if there's anything that we're holding against anybody. And if there's anything that we're doing that's wicked. And if there's anything we're doing that's uh, we're not being discerning. If there's anything we're doing to keep others out. If there's anything that we're doing that's prejudice. If there's anything that we're doing to, to break into the little cliques. If there's anything we're doing to not let people in. Lord, show us. We want to be like you. We want to be inclusive, Lord. We want to love you and we want to love people. So help us, Lord. We need a lot of help. So you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Hey, include somebody you wouldn't ordinarily include in your life. Hey, bless